1: but I was at the VA Mental Health Summit a week ago and they were clicking through the slides and they put one up and I said, whoa, stop back up. I said, is that slide correct that over 70% of the veterans who commit suicide never asked for help from anybody? And I think for, for all the all the bullshit that is politics, it is the place where the rules are. Hey folks, this
0: is Banner Mark Klein. Welcome back to the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. I'm super stoked to have Nathan Fletcher as my guest today. Thanks very much for coming. Yeah, it's a listen. pleasure. It's yeah, an honor. Really really cool to meet you. Hey, before we get started, a couple things. Please support our sponsors, uh, PowerDot and Energy Patch, and we got a few more coming online uh, because that helps. And go to iTunes to rate the podcast because when people search for Tim Ferriss, we want them to find Mark Divine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then eventually, Tim Ferriss is going to say, "Hey, go rate my podcast because when people search for Mark Divine, they can refund <laughs> me." <laughs> there you go. Anyways, I'm going to do like the formal intro here of what I've got written down. And then uh, we're going to have a good chat with Nathan, really neat neat guy. So Nathan uh, Fletcher, former U.S. Marine, thank you for your service. You're welcome. Uh, Served in Iraq as a counterintelligence specialist. We're going to have some fun conversations about that. Two terms as a California State Assemblyman. Wow. Uh, Adjunct professor, UCSD, businessman, crossfitter, and uh, now the founding chairman of the Three Wise Men Foundation, the mission of which is to stand and fight for vets returning home from tour of duty awesome so um nathan welcome
1: yeah thank you i've been listening i told you this i've been listening for a long time and uh, and always enjoyed it and then when i got an email i was like oh my gosh like i've made it my (laughs) life is
0: complete
1: (laughs) complete. the same thing (laughs) is like josh bridges and eric Greitens and jesse ventura i know right We've had some Chopra's pretty, brother, who told me to drink had, lots he, of coffee. Yes, so
0: we're so the next in a long line of eclectic guests. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I know we learned a lot this year, didn't we? I mean, coffee. Yep. And nuts. And pretty, nuts. And, and that's pretty. Oh, and, and sunshine.
1: Well, and sunshine. But even yeah. even yeah. that. I mean, that the whole. Like, I think all of us in life, you know, you're constantly trying to say, okay, what can I do better? What can yeah, I learn? Absolutely. How can I get better? And so, even even some of the, the solo ones, you know, on breathing and yeah. hydration yeah. and nutrition and, yeah, you know, do you like all of those.
0: That. Yeah, I, no, I do. I never really I get any feedback, but I, no, 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 I, I, I want to keep doing those. This is the only way I can really have a conversation. Most of these podcasts are about you yeah. or other people. but Right. No, but it's good and it's helpful. And
1: it's, it's, there, there's so many out there and there's so many that you subscribe to and you listen for a little bit and then you're like, eh, it's not. Too full what's it? Well, it's just filling time. It's not contributing to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing useful. And I feel like whether. This one in particular, and I've told a lot of folks this, whether it's a guest, you know, I'm getting mm-hmm. something interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and something. And then the solo ones, I feel like it's not taking a chance of, like, am I getting something from the guest? Like, it's yeah. it's like, it's yeah, like let's, a 18, 20, 30, 30 minute period of, of yeah. stuff that I'm going to take with me. Right. Yeah. Um, and use. So, no, I, I think they're great.
0: Cool. So, you... Um did you grow up in San Diego?
1: No. So I grew up. I was born in Nevada, in Carson City, oh, really? um, as a, okay. as a little guy, and I remember in Carson City. Wait, I mean,
0: you were born as a little guy? I was born as a little guy. <laughs> that's, that's no, I was, I was really born. Funny.
1: I was born about eight pounds. You know, most of. Most know? Are most of <laughs> <laughs> but Car- Carson City was interesting. I mean, as a kid, I remember. I remember people it's walking like around with with six shooters yeah. on their hips. Oh, I bet. I mean, literally with six shooters. And then my family was all from Southern California, but then I moved to Arkansas. Uh, around the second, second, third grade, tiny yeah. little town in Arkansas, 1,200 people. What, was that because uh, your,
0: your parents moved out
1: there? Yeah, know. it was people ask if we were in the military, and I'm like, I'm like no, they're just dysfunctional. Like, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, clubs, right? Well, I, you know, I remember the whole debate about about gay marriage, and someone's like, gays are going to destroy the institution of marriage, and I'm like, no, my family already did. Like, like no, like we Way already ahead did. Of you. I love them. I love my family. I love them. But so I, I moved, big culture shock, though, to a small oil-producing little town in Arkansas. Okay. And uh, and grew up there all the way through high school. And uh, looking back on it, I think growing up in a small town is, is a wonderful thing at the time yeah, I grew up I, in a just really small to town
0: go. too. It was great. Yeah. I, mean, I, like it I, was yeah. I mean I didn't like it while I was there. No, I hated it, I hated it. I, I just wanted to go. I couldn't wait to get yeah. out, but in retrospect, I mean, there was a lot of good lessons. Yeah. It taught us, you know, basically how to how to be creative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't have any friends. I had, there was one guy my age in my town. Oh no we only way! Three hundred and eighty people. In my oh room. my gosh! So well, we were That's a booming true. town. We had twelve hundred people. Yeah, you, were you a, would have a, come you to us sure. to go to the market. <laughs> exactly. Did you we, have a stoplight? One, And it worked.
1: It worked. A, it worked more than it didn't. It worked more than it didn't. <laughs> we, we didn't have a stoplight. Had, yeah. But you know, you know what I think is is interesting about a small town is like you know everyone and everyone knows you, right. and and so as a kid, I just wanted out of that. And and I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I wanted to go to California, that's where my family was from, yeah. and I'd go in the summers, and, and I felt I felt more into there. But when I look back on it now, I always tell people in a small town, you can't cut someone off when right. you're driving, because right. they know you, and you know them. Yeah. Right. And and, and, you, and
0: and really, it is like that, I mean, not, not to invoke Hillary's name, but the... When she said it takes a village. No, it That's is. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. Everyone is there to support you. Wave luck, people, all, you wave at people. They wave at you. Totally.
1: And, you know, you have a neighbor that if you're sick, they'll take your trash out, right. you know, for you. And, yeah. and, you know, we live in, you know, big cities now. We don't, we don't know, even know who our neighbors locked, are.
0: We never locked our doors.
1: No, we never. No, never, never locked our doors. So I, <laughs> my mom's still there. Um, she's, okay. she's, she's still there. So I still go back. And, uh, and a lot of my friends from high school, you know, we've, we've all kind of reconnected over the years. And so I stay in touch. So I think it was a positive. But no, I came out here, boot camp. So you trained uh, the Marines
0: to get out of the small town? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I came out here for college and uh, and then and then did did uh, Marine Reserves in, in oh, during okay. college. Oh, cool. And, yeah. uh, and had every intention uh, when I finished of, of kind of going active duty and mm-hmm. going the officer route. But I had a great job in the Marine Corps, counterintelligence, human intelligence. And oh, it is a great job. At yeah. the time I was in, there were no commissioned officers. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed my whole time. I stayed enlisted. It's a
0: very small community in the Marine Corps. Like it we, is. We worked with uh, the HET team. Yep, yep. You know those guys? Uh-huh, sure, was that's the, what I was. The, the you were a HET Yeah, guy? yeah. yeah yep, so I when, guy. I, when I did the proof of concept with this first SOCOM DAT, uh-huh. or the only SOCOM DAT, it was a proof of concept for the Marines to become part of Spec Ops. Right. So they had, you know, a couple of their HET guys on the team, and I was talking to them, they said there was only like 20 of them.
1: Yeah. And the entire Marine Corps. The, it was small, out. it was
0: small, and it wasn't
1: a place you went, um, and it probably still isn't a place you would go for... Career advancement. Right, yeah. You know, it it was a place that you, it was real specialized. And it had, you know, the kind of Marine Corps recon, you know, the tension the Marines had about about joining any of the special operations community goes back to the core of everyone's a rifleman. Uh, Everyone's
0: a rifleman, we're all special.
1: And we're all special. I mean, for the longest time, the Marines objected to the names on the camis. Right. Because they said, well, you don't have a name, and you're no different. And and they don't like the badges and, you know, they don't like any any of the special type things. And that certainly, that that culture carries through to today and it applied Mm -hmm. to our field. And Mm -hmm. so for the longest time, I would meet senior Marines and they'd say, what did you do? And I said, human intelligence, counterintelligence. And I I would get one of two responses. They'd either go, what's that? I don't know, we did that. (laughs) Or they'd roll their eyes and they're like, oh, you're one of those guys with the long hair and the beard. You think you're cooler than everyone? And I would say, no, it's not. So we're, we're no cooler than anyone. It's just a different job, right? And you know, I was really good when we went on deployment. We do what we do, and then when you come back to garrison, you get your haircut, you put your uniform yeah, on, and, and you're a marine. And it's no different than the team team guys I worked with. But but I think I How think long the, did you do that? So I was in ten total, um, okay. a little bit more than half of that was, was was human. And I think, particularly in today's world, and, and in today's wars, it, it's so vital because you oh, can't you, you can't yeah. drive around and find well, the enemy. We, we've and kill created
0: them. entire teams around that yeah. now in the SEALs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we're we used classified, to, So I can't say any more than that. No, 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 it's true. But a lot of them went through the same schools, uh, yeah. and uh, that, that we went through, and, right. and a lot of that was being talked about when I was there. But to really try and understand, okay, why are you the enemy? Right? Why? You've are gotta you got to get in their heads, you and get down on the ground with them, and yeah. eat their food, and yeah. you know what I mean. And that's, that's what we were doing. Make do friends and, with them. Is it tribal? Is it religious? Is it ideology? Yeah. So is you it would deploy to Iraq for Iraq and freedom.
0: Two thousand
1: four. Yeah, yeah. So there. Two thousand four. Yep. Yep. So we had the uh, western edge of Fallujah over towards Ramadi right. um, was was kind of my area. We called it the fishhook, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we would go out and and develop our our networks of, of folks mm-hmm. and then uh, when we'd find them we'd grab some someone depending upon who it was maybe were you be. there
0: when the battle of Fallujah, to retake Fallujah took place no General we got Metis? pulled out right as that
1: was going right, okay. so we, we left i left in november got it. um so i was there february to november mm-hmm. um in that area we started in amaria down south um which was fascinating because it was literally the shia sunni split Mm-hmm. And so they had them fighting each other and them fighting us, and it was really for, for human purposes it was great. and then we moved up mm-hmm. to uh, Habanilla, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we were right across from TQ, okay. and we uh, and were there for a year and so then we would, and then I was an interrogator was the yeah. other. so when we'd find him we'd, we'd go get them and then I'd, I'd have them yeah. for I don't know the rules would change three, four, five days. Okay. Uh, and then I did a year in Africa. Cool. Uh, or I think we would call Born it. Born of Africa? External billet, yeah. Yeah, so I got lo- loaned out to some other folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and spent some time roaming around out there. And it was, you know, that was wild. I mean, there there were there were villages I went to. When I get in taxis, anywhere in the world, you know, they're, they're always, or not always, predominantly Eritrean, Ethiopian, and and they'll say, uh, I said, oh, I live there. And they say, where? And I tell them, they go, no, no white man's been there. And I said, no, you call. They'll remember me. <laughs> no kidding. Because uh, no. the, the kids would come up, and they would rub me to yeah, like, like, see, if it, see if it came off. And we were out shooting, shooting of, uh, gazelles with AK-47s. Or, 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 oh, yeah. I mean, there haven't been a white person that? there in 100 years. And, no kidding. And uh, so it was, and in some ways, I think that deployment was more stressful.
0: I bet. Um, did, then, you were
1: all, did you have a team with you? Uh, I was four of us. Four of you. Guys. Four of us. So it was me. Uh, it was it was another military for, per, person and then a couple yeah. other folks,
0: and but there was they didn't have any black hat guys to send into the no country. no
1: they couldn't <laughs> no I mean, we were we were we were two white guys uh, we had one one black guy and a Latino okay. and I'm like I mean, it's like you just drop the United Nations down in an area that is right. monolithically something else uh, where they've never seen and you know we're the only what about people with Land Rover
0: preparation for that Did you,
1: well that, you know stuff this is one of my I think strategic criticisms of the military in general is that we don't invest enough in yeah. this and I, I was sitting at dinner um, next to a, a, a colonel kind of hard charge and high and tight colonel and, and I mean wonderful heart and intention but I, I said I said uh, so if you could build the Marine Corps from scratch today to fight today's war would it include tanks and he's like yeah and I'm like why yeah he goes well we kill enemy tanks well they don't have any tanks I mean maybe we should have some but like and and so I said in the in a nine-month workup for a deployment for an infantry battalion I said, how much time of that nine months do you spend shooting things? You shoot mortars, you shoot tanks, you shoot AT4s, you do all Mm -hmm. pistols. And he's, you know, eight and a half months. I said, how much do you spend on language? And he said, three hours before we go. And I said, now in that nine-month deployment, how much time do you spend talking to the locals versus shooting? Yeah. I mean, the the, the training.
0: Equipping and training for
1: mass, you know.
0: Right. Force on force.
1: Force on force. And yeah. I, you know, perhaps that happens one day. It certainly hasn't in it our lifetime. Again. It could right. happen again, and you should be prepared for right. it. But so, to answer your question directly, I had very limited language, formal language capabilities. I would, you know, do my best to pick up conversational, and then uh, we would have these very uh, exotic TSSCI who spoke multiple languages mm-hmm. um, because some of the areas we were in, you know, we we would need Arabic, we would need Somali, right. occasionally Amharic maybe farsi mm-hmm. and uh, and so there were some folks the u.s government paid handsomely yeah right. um, because they had those native language skills and
0: the capacity to get so a, these a were t.s. clearance the interpreters and the interpreters. how did you develop like a trust relationship with them did you trust what they were
1: no i did because they were all u.s, citizens. Oh, um, they were US yeah, citizens yeah they were all u.s citizens because oh, okay. uh, to get the clearance levels for the work we were doing so
0: they were immigrants or immigrants and,
1: and most of them had been pulled out of the military you know, they had enlisted, and they had, they had gone okay. through at some so point, and they said, oh, wow, you we speak this you language. language, and, uh, and then they would, they would go through the clearance process. But they were, they were more valuable than any of us. I mean, I can, okay. I can recall being in firefights, literally laying on top of my terp, yeah. you know, because I'm like, I mean, there, there's an, there's, there aren't a lot of heck guys, but there's more. There, there, there's only one other one of you uh, right. that exists. Yeah. And uh, and I, I wish as a society in general we would. I wish more Americans had passports and traveled more and thought yes, more about language. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and certainly in the military, I think. you know,
0: that's starting to free up. A lot. A lot of colleges now have you know far more than when I went to college mm-hmm. had these overseas programs, and now it's becoming more of a cultural thing. I yeah. notice, which is good. Yeah. You know, we need we need our folks to get out there and see the world. Yeah. So that's really cool. So how many? Uh, how long were you in Iraq? You said? Uh, so I did 04 in Iraq.
1: Uh, I did 06 in 06 Africa. In Africa. Okay. Uh, I was in Yemen for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little time in, in Yemen, uh, working out of the embassy there, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, toured around South America a little bit. And then at the mm-hmm. 10-year mark, I had that
0: kind of decision That's an inflection point.
1: point. Yeah, it really was. If, and, if and I go
0: eleven, I'm staying for twenty.
1: I'm staying for twenty, and and I probably would have <laughs> deviated from from military and, and gone with one of the other agencies and continued to do. It. And I really wanted to, mm-hmm. but you know it was hard. You know, I was I was married at the time. We wanted to have kids and have a family, and uh, and you, you know you face these horrible choices of you know what you're going to do. And yeah. and I think I always tell you know I, I talk a lot to young. Service members and Marines, and and, and you know, I, I, the Marines was was my experience. But I just tell them that like what it means to you will increase more exponentially every day you're out. No, for sure. So That's so nice. without no. doubt, the lessons I learned from my service and the folks I served with are more impactful and more meaningful
0: today. You take it for granted when you're in it, you do. and you're also caught up in the drama and the stories and the yeah. bureaucracy, and you're yeah. like you're always yeah. bristling against the next dumb thing that happens, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you get away from it, all those uh, dumb things are no part of your life. Well, you then you remember, remember that purpose. The, you remember the good stuff. The
1: team. The that team and, the team and that purpose. And I always tell people in, in the context of, of what the Marine Corps gave me and what I gave it, I didn't get even. Uh, I, I, never, I never balanced out uh, at that, that level. You mean the, the Corps gave you more than you gave it? By or? far. Yeah. By far. Yeah. By far, no doubt. No doubt. And so, so the question is, how do you every day... You know how do, how do you how do you try and give back? How do you try and continue yeah. to make a difference? And I think and also live up
0: to the uh, ethos and uh, expectations. Sure. Of the core. Of the core, sure. Yeah, of the core. You know, a lot of people don't do that. They let themselves go, and right. that's one of the things with the seals. And I try to teach is, you know, um, it's an incredible system, incredible guys, uh, incredible training. Right. Why let all that go Yeah. when you leave? yeah. Why not keep that momentum and, yeah. and also give back, pay it forward to, you know. Yep, continue it, to help. Training.
1: Well, and I think a lot of it, too, comes, especially from my generation that served in, in these periods of conflict where we lost friends. Yeah. And, uh, and I, think, I think with that, there's, there's that survivor's guilt that, sure. that is overwhelming at times. And I, I can't meet, I can't, for some reason, it's the mom. If I meet the mom mm-hmm. uh, who lost uh, a son or daughter, mm-hmm. I, I, I just sob. I mm-hmm. mean, I just mm-hmm. sob and it, it's uncontrollable and it, it's embarrassing well, it's and not, I, I just, it's, it just it's, um, a sad thing. it's just a sad thing. And, and the guilt, the guilt you feel that like, gosh, you know, I'm still here. And so I think what I try and impart to a lot of vets is the way, the way I channel that is saying, look, I, I, your life is a gift. Mm-hmm. And my friends, they didn't, they didn't get to keep living it. And so I can't waste it. Right. Yeah. I can't, you right. can't waste it because you're dishonoring them. Right. you know you can't waste it you have to live a life of purpose yeah. and yeah. progress and you know a fulfilled environment to, to say that look I am doing my part to continue to do good right. um, and I think so, I think about Jeremy and Ben wise and and like what would they have done with their lives had they been here and and were how those your be? cousins yeah those are my cousins so it was oh, Jeremy so wise Ben wise and, wise and this wise was the three wise men came from. Oh. yeah we all grew up in Arkansas rural uh, and small town, so your cousins, you know, your cousins yeah. are it. So it was Jeremy Wise, Ben Wise, and Beau Wise. Right. And we always called them the three wise men. And that, that was the foundation. And it was my little brother. Uh, so we all joined the military. So Jeremy and I were the oldest. Uh, he was my best friend growing up. Mm-hmm. And I went first, Marines and counterintelligence. And then Jeremy joined the Navy, was a team guy. Was he? out uh, West Coast, yep. Okay. Yep, 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 West, West Coast team guy. Um, ben Wise, the second Wise brother, joined the Army, Green Beret. Um And then Baby Bo, where's was called Baby Bo, and he, he's a big, strong, he, he brought it home strong. He honored, he did the right thing. He joined the Marines. Uh, someone he, had, to he, someone to. had to. And then my little brother's a pilot uh, in the Navy. Still is. And, yeah, Still and he's right. your typical. I'm like, how do you get your whole head inside the cockpit? You know, like, <laughs> he's, he's insufferable. And the build especially. He's plane insufferable. For him. He, oh, he's, yeah, he's like, 200 Navy guys, you know how to tell who the pilots are? Like, Don't worry, they'll tell, they'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, so all five of us were served. And, um, and we did, uh, we, we estimate kind of back in the napkin, probably about 3,000 days, you know, in oh, combat. Wow. And so the, odd, the odds aren't uh, in good. your favor. Yeah. Not so, so, uh, so Jeremy um, had taken a contract with the agency. Um, and if you remember Coast, uh, it was December 30th, 2009. Mm-hmm. It's depicted in the movie. Um, oh, what's the Bin Laden movie. Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. The Jordanian comes on the base. So the Navy SEAL, who's on security, goes, hey, we need to search him at the gate. We have these procedures for a reason. So that was Jeremy uh, in real life. So Jeremy was killed at Coast uh, December 30th, 2009. And, uh, you know, as the car pulled in, um, the Jordanian had all the agency folks lined up on on what would have been on the driver's side. He was in the backseat driver's side. He slid across to the passenger seat, which was an unnatural movement. And Jeremy came around and then he reached across with his left hand to open the door which is clearly no one reaches across their body with their left hand to open a door mm-hmm. that's on your right and Jeremy was just getting around the door frame to get a shot and he he blew himself mm. and uh, and it was it was awful I mean it was just it was tragic and it was horrible and it was all that so I go to Virginia and uh kind of deal spent a couple of weeks sorting everything out and had a widow and child and Mm -hmm. and you know all that and family and and get all the affairs but i spent forever with ben because he viewed me as jeremy Mm -hmm. you know we were the oldest and Mm -hmm. and uh and a lot of time hey you got to be strong Mm -hmm. you know and and we're going to deal with the the grief but you're going to channel that grief into into being there Mm -hmm. for your mom and your dad and you know everything and we talked a lot about you know i love the marine corps ad which way would you run you know, either of those among us who run towards the sound of danger mm-hmm. and oppression and injustice. Yeah. And we talked about that with Jeremy. He was running towards the sound, and that's what we're going to do. And two years and 14 years later, Ben literally did that. Uh, he ran into a cave in Afghanistan, and he didn't come out. Hmm. So we lost Ben, and so now we're back, right? We're doing it all over again. And so when you open, you know, the forms we fill out, you know, Ben's request was to be buried in his service uniforms uh, next to his brother. Hmm. And so we, you know, we go through that. And, and so what I realized in a lot of ways was every day we think about the Ben and Jeremy's of the world. And, right. and in the CrossFit world, we do workouts, yeah, hero wads. And we wear bracelets for them and we get tattoos mm-hmm. for them. And we do all of those things to remind us we remember. But they're gone. They're gone. And every day in America between 22 and 50, bow eyes of the world, those who survived combat take their own
0: life. That's insane. And I totally think. And, uh, and it's one horrible. of the most insidious problems that we have. Oh, it's um, devastating. And, nobody's and, and I really can't get doing it. anything besides charities. No, you know, no the I VA can't it. is, It's completely beyond their control. Is they're just yeah. doping them up and making it worse. Well, and that's... As so, good intention as they
1: are. Well, they're, no, their heart's in the right place. Yeah. And so, so that's what I said, hey, that's what we're going to focus on, right? Yeah. We're going to focus it. on yeah. this epidemic of, of, of suicide. So I literally spent a year and a half trying to figure out, like, okay, well, now, what, what do we do? I mean, what do we do? So we know, we know statistically whether the number is 22 or 50, it's a lot. I mean, we're going to lose more to suicide than we lost in combat. So you, you dive into this issue a little bit, and, and the, the natural thing, so everyone says, so what do you do? And they say, it's, it's one of two things. They say, well, make the VA work better, which is fine. We should do that. We we should make the VA work yeah, better.
0: But that's big money lobbying things. It's not much a small charity. Do,
1: no, right? well then, so then they say, or we provide, we should provide services. Direct but service. but when you actually dig into the numbers, and so I went through, I read, and I read everything I could find about this because I said, well, that can't be. Is it just? It's just that there are no services, or the VA is bad, like that? Is that it? Rand Corporation did an extensive study that the overwhelming majority of veterans who are getting treatment for the unseen wounds of war, it took them years and years and years and years to get there. Because of the stigma. Mm-hmm. They say, well, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want people to think I'm yeah, violent. Although we know, we know that veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress are less likely to commit workplace violence mm-hmm. than those who aren't. I mean, it, it's not. Veterans with post-traumatic stress might hurt themselves, mm-hmm. but they don't show up. It's white kids from the suburbs who listen to too much rap music who show up and kill everyone at school. Right. It's not vets. So like, we know that's not true, but that stigma exists and it's real. Uh, American Psychological Association did an extensive one. It's talked about why won't they get help. And so, so the, the real crux of the problem, there, there's a problem the VA needs to do better and services need to get better and we need to have a better handle of what it does. But I was at the VA Mental Health Summit a week ago, and they were clicking through the slides, and they put one up, and I, I said, whoa, stop, back up. I said, is that slide correct that over 70% of the veterans who commit suicide never asked for help from anybody? Over 70%. So think about that. Well, okay, so you could have the VA be perfect. And you could have charity on every corner, and 70% of the problem would still exist. So why is that 70% not asking for help? Right. Well, it's not because they don't know help is there, right? It's because we, we have this huge stigma. For, we're, we're bred we're bred in into our core. You just suck it up.
0: Well, the other thing is they don't know where to ask for help. They don't want to go to the VA. Right. And so where do you go? Where do so you go? Most vets are you know, very independent. Right. figure they can gut through it or self-medicate. Right. The problem will go away.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't go away. It, right. it it gets worse, and so we, we try and tackle that. Uh, so the, so I started this Three Wiseman Veterans Foundation, and it started with the with the WAD uh, Veterans Day WAD. Oh, cool. Uh, and I I, uh, I went out on the deck of the Midway with a couple friends, and uh, and you said I
0: Josh Bridges was with
1: you. Yeah, Josh Josh was there. He's he's a stud. He, he's amazing, and, and the whole Invictus community where, where I go was was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I said, hey, I want to do a workout the Saturday before Veterans Day on the deck of the Midway. Um, and I'm going to call it the Three Wise Men Veterans Day Tribute, and we're it's a it's a Jeremy Ben and Bo two minutes or four minutes of work, two minutes off, mm-hmm. and and the point of it is that we honor Jeremy, we honor Ben, but we finish on Bo because that's who we fight for because he's still here, mm. and Veterans Day is appropriate, Memorial Day is appropriate to do Murph mm-hmm. because that's for the, those who died. Veterans Day is for those who served, yeah. And so the point of it was this is who we who we do, and so we get affiliates to register for free on Veterans Day to make that their workout of the day, and we give them a little thing to read. And then we do our event on the deck of the Midway. So that day it was two years ago. I put down my personal credit card and I bought the Deck of the Midway. Uh, on the on and we were How much does that cost? six weeks out. Uh, it's expensive. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> it was more, it was about what I had on my card, you know, as an act of faith. <laughs> and they said, so I'm standing here with these people and they said, When do you want to do it? And I'm like, Oh, it's coming up. It's like five weeks away. And they're like, What are you gonna? And I said, No, we're gonna I said we're gonna get rogue. Ro- rogue Rogue mm-hmm. we're gonna get them to set up a big uh, you know the pull-up pull bars, pull-up rig, and they said, "Do you know anyone there?" And I'm like, "No." I said, "Well, fine." So I said, we're just going to move these planes. We're going to put bleachers around, and and uh, and they said, "Why don't we wait till next year?" I said, "No, I'm not waiting until next year. We're doing it this year because it's always, you know, wait wait till tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow never comes. Like if right. you say well, we'll do it tomorrow, but well, yeah. tomorrow is always might the next never day. Come. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, so um, anyway, on an act of faith, we did it. It was amazing. Uh, cool. We had a ton of elite athletes come out, and it kicked off something. And so we, we do that event. We do a cycling event. And the real purpose of those events is to raise money for us to go fight for, uh, we have a series of kind of public service announcement type things that are mm-hmm. targeted, directed at veterans. Okay. And, and so we get veterans who have a- post-traumatic a- stress. Advertisements mm-hmm. or a- yeah, but we do them online. Right. Uh, spending money on TV is kind of, there are not enough vets. Right? It's, just, yeah. it's a waste of money. So we, we, uh, we rolled one out earlier this year and it's just vets looking directly in the camera saying, hey, I fought for my country. Uh, because you know, I had the courage to fight. I had the courage to stand for something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Because of what I went through, my brain was injured—an mm-hmm. injury called post-traumatic stress. And you know, if you had the courage to fight for your country, have so the courage. So you trying to, to get a them
0: to go to the VA or wh- just, just anywhere? Doesn't matter.
1: Anywhere. We, we, doesn't matter.
0: I mean, I mean, all the vets,
1: all the vets who participated in that, who I've talked to, all of their their what works for them is different, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them is working out. Yeah. Right. But it, yeah. it's it's they exercise, got
0: exercise, yoga,
1: yoga, surfing, yeah. you know, mountain climbing. But they, they're around folks like themselves, right. and they they talk about it. Yeah. And they just said that act of saying like, "I need help." Yeah. yeah there's a red wrong to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: huge. Yeah. Uh, we got to follow up on this because we just started the Courage Foundation. Okay. And so, literally, just got our docs filed recently, and one of my core audience i want to support are vets with uh-huh. the kind of the integrated training mental physical emotional that we do that's been so successful with right. self and unbilled mind and i think there could be a real like i don't know there's there's a no, way that, that we could work together no that'd be huge yeah our, our first project was a prison prison population because i uh-huh. already had a connection there we're providing uh-huh. 1500 books and oh, we awesome. trying to get Unbeel mind into the prison system yep. how cool but i want to help vets and uh, I'm not really sure. I don't really want to go to work with a VA. Right. So maybe we No, no, there, there,
1: there could be a partnership there. Out. Well, because what we see, we, we also know when, when, you, when you look at the facts and the numbers, that veterans, once they say, hey, all right, there's, there's an injury here. I need some help treating right. it. The probability <laughs> of suicide still happens, but it's exponentially less. And okay. the recovery okay. process okay. is exponentially greater. And so our thing is just get them. And th- think about this for a sec.
0: So Just knowing that people care and that there's... They're not Someone the only one, ones. One. All that are going to dramatically reduce the risk of, Huge. of the suicide. But
1: think. think, think about, think about this. Think about how we view mental and physical injuries, mm-hmm. right? So, so the Marines destroyed. It's my all
0: head. objective. It's all part of its brain. It's not, yeah, emotions. No, it's it's something
1: changed you. And when yeah. you've had friends who've gone through this, right. you know that they're not themselves. Something has changed them. And, and so you hear this notion all the time, well, people are faking it. Well, look, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a single Marine that would lie about something they don't have to get, something they don't deserve. Right? right? I don't know one. No. Now, can I say definitively that anyone getting a claim for PTS, it, it, sure, maybe they're faking it, but I, I don't care. I don't care because what I know is between 22 and 50 are blowing their brains out. And they're not blowing their brains out because their leg hurts. Right. And they're not, we know empirically, they're not blowing their brains out because they couldn't get treatment because mm-hmm. we know if you're in treatment you do better there it's it's this issue and so think about this for a sec so marines destroyed my hip uh bridgeport in mm-hmm. peacetime i had six massive hip surgeries i was impatient for a month in balboa i didn't walk for seven months mm-hmm. right they tried to medically discharge me i fought it i came back uh i i won't but i would pull down my pants and show you the scar because it's really an impressive scar it's 14 inches up and that. around the hip yeah no I, I won't do it but i don't feel any shame talking about that right because I climbed Denali last year. I yeah. did the Ironman. I came back to about 400 pounds. I have no shame. Mm-hmm. Because our injuries, we, we, we overcome. Right. My hip is stronger today than any other man my but age. But
0: the psychological injuries, we don't have the tools to overcome.
1: And we don't, we don't view it the same. So so we want to coin this term post-traumatic growth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So imagine, imagine if you're an employer and someone shows up and they lost their leg in combat, and they said, ah, oh, but I, I ran, a, ran a marathon last week. You'd hire them, because why? Because they have grit and they have determination. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can see it. But imagine if someone showed up and said, Hey, you know, I I had really bad post-traumatic stress, but you know what? I meditate every day Mm -hmm. or I do whatever. They'd be like, I don't know. And that's a stigma because there's no difference. And so we want, we want veterans. And so in our ads, we talk about, Hey, it gets better. Mm -hmm. You're strong and you're stronger today than you were yesterday. And you'll be stronger Mm -hmm. tomorrow than you are today. Because we want to take that same warrior mindset that says, it's not an, I mean, it's an
0: injury, but I'm going to be stronger.
1: Sure. Right, And we want to apply that to the brain. the recent
0: research which has come out just in the last few years around neuroplasticity and the brain's ability to reform itself and create new pathways if you train it. If you train And it. if you're doing other things such as nutrition and, and exercise diet, and yeah. diet.
1: And you have purpose in your life. Right, and, and all that. You know, but
0: yeah. you could literally, your brain, like, it's extraordinarily powerful. Right. And a brain injury obviously will limit you. And if you take out, like, a an area that Deals with a specific motor function, right. you know, then that might not be so easy to come over with, like right. speech or hearing. But when it comes to just basic TBI and yeah. most PTSD, it's it's very right. it's not easy, but it, it's recoverable. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you 100. Yeah. We don't look at it as a permanent condition. It's just like an injury that you can work around. Get a therapist, massage therapist for yeah. your brain. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. basically what we do. Figure it out. Yeah. Here's the breathing. Here's the movement. Here's the meditation. Here's your right. purpose. Do this every day, right? And come see me in six months, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, boom, they're like new people,
1: yeah. So, that, that's what it is. Cool. That's our little uh foundation. It's good small and cool. it, it's uh, we're supportive of all the other groups. You know, my, my thing is, is you know, if you provide housing or employment or education, those are all good, yeah, but if absolutely. but if they don't deal with the underlying issues, that they're not going to keep the yeah. job. And all or, these or work the together, like yeah. you know, Mission good.
0: continues, which we talked about, Eric, Reiten, uh-huh. right? Great, that gives people a purpose, purpose. Right? purpose. But if they thing? have a purpose and they're still broken, they need they need help, you know. That's right. So they can fulfill that purpose. Yeah. So let's use that to transition back yeah. to your purpose. So, yeah. you served. You, you you come out of Africa, and at ten year mark, you decided uh-huh. to get out of the Marines. Now, right. what what did you? I know a lot of that was structural because of the retirement and pay system. But right. what was it that was driving you at that point? What was your new purpose? Well,
1: so I came back and and. Was was a little unsure of exactly like where or or what I wanted to go, but I knew, I knew that sense of team and and fight and purpose was was what I wanted to do. And after college, um, when I when I was wrapping up in the reserves, before I went back in and active, um, I had done some democracy building abroad, some like uh, human rights work, oh, election cool. violence monitoring. Uh, I had done some domestic political work, some campaign work, um, some policy work, some things like that. And I think for for all the all the bullshit that is politics, it is the place where the rules are made. That's true. And 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 if you want to drive a large substantive change, not exclusively, but it's it's the place you know you got to go. And and you know whether you think the change is good or bad, I mean a lot of the big driving things that have macro impact happen there. Yeah. Um, and so I came back and I said, hey, I'm going to go do that. And, uh, and so I was young. Uh, mm. I didn't know anyone. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't run for anything before. And I said, I'm going to run for the California legislature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kicked off a campaign, and I won. Uh, and when elected, I was the youngest member of the legislature up there. Mm. Um, well, not, was, not, not in history. Not the youngest in history, but did, the youngest currently did serving. Did you, like...
0: Research a district and to go settle there. Well, no, right? it was where I lived. It was where it's I lived. Where you lived. Yeah, okay. it was where
1: I lived. So, so it was it was the city of San Diego, kind of the yeah. the northern part, kind of La Jolla, okay. Claremont, University City, went up into Sorrento Valley. So, Sorrento, what did Mason. that
0: what did that look like running for California? <laughs>
1: so, well, you know, running, running, running is an interesting thing. So, so po- politics in general is, is is interesting because you know a lot of folks say you know I have a lot of friends who are athletes mm-hmm. and and you know at some of the highest levels and and they say yeah but it's zero sum and I said, well it's not zero sum because even if you lose the Super Bowl, you still have training camp next year. Sure. You still have a job. A political campaign is the ultimate because somebody You're wins and somebody loses. 100% focus and then nothing. And do. then it's all, if you lose, there's nothing. I right. mean, think about a presidential race. People will work their entire life and then they get right to that point. I mean, Mitt Romney is a perfect example. You know, wonderful man. I, yeah. I've met him. He's here in San yeah. Diego. Gets right to that point and it was close. It was close. It was close. And then the next day, he has to drive himself to Whole Foods to buy groceries <laughs> And Obama gets on the plane, with like Secret Service and the leader of the free world. And, and so it's the ultimate zero-sum. And I liked that. I'm going to be honest. I liked that. Um, I mean, I liked that pressure, and it, it's the ultimate scoreboard. Everyone sees who wins and who loses. And and so I, I tackled that campaign, and I walked door to door, and I raised money. And I, you know, I would tell people, because no one wants to raise money, you don't like raising money, but you have to. And if you want to go make the change, then you've got to raise the money. And so. I would tell people, I would call and I would say, hey, look, I'm going to go fight every day for your interests to make your community safer and your air cleaner and your beaches nicer and your, you know, more cops and you know, better jobs and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I'll fly back and forth to Sacramento and Southwest and I'll get criticized and second guessed and I'll spend my evenings you know, out doing the things that you do. And people say mean things about me online. I said, I'll do it all and all you need is give me $1,000. <laughs> and they said, well, I don't know. I said, well, then you run. And I'll give you a... Th- oh, you don't want to do it? Okay, then you know. you <laughs> and, uh, and so I, it was raising That's money, and it was all that type right. of stuff. So I won, and then went to Sacramento, and really had an eye-opening experience into... When was was uh, Arnold? 2008. Arnold was there. Arnold I had a great relationship with him. Did you? Um, yeah, yeah. No, he, and he was fun. I, I still stay in contact with him. I email, and, and he hosts a couple of events at his, his house every year, and he was... He governed in a really difficult period. We had massive deficits. We had yeah. massive problems. He also just became the governor of California. He didn't have a real track record in, in government. And mm-hmm. and a lot of what you have to do to, to as a successful governor is a lot of interaction with legislators and yeah. he just wasn't as comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, bodybuilding's not a team sport. Right. Um, and there's been a movie star. And I, his, his heart was right. He just, you know, he, he wouldn't spend the time. And I would tell him, I said, Governor, you're, you're so charming because he could be so great. And, uh, and, and kind of jockish, you know, he'd, he'd grab me and he'd be like, have you been working out? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, are you doing steroids? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, do you know why? And he's like, why? I'm like, because you did them all. Like, there's none left. You know, there's none left. Um, and I remember one day we were, we were sitting in his office and he goes, uh, that's funny. We're working on a bill, and he goes, "Hey, he goes, you want to see my sword?" And I'm like, "No, like, what And he, ah, and it's the Conan sword. He had it in a box in his, you know, office, and uh, and so you know, he 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 was there, but um, but he was good. I mean, he, he I had a good relationship with him. Uh, I think, you know, I, it's easy to say, "Well, you should have done this or that." You yeah, know, I, you know, I wasn't there, but um, I had a lot of bills get through. I had twenty something plus bills, uh, big bills. Chelsea's law, the the most sweeping mm-hmm. sex offender bill uh, in the history of California. Mm-hmm. These uh, are we got bills that more. you worked on or no, I authored. co-authored? Yeah, authored. Authored. yeah I had, had, had more than 20 of them than I authored. Hmm. And uh, we did some veteran so stuff. We did a lot of tech author work. author a bill?
0: Like, what
1: does that mean? Well, so you them? get there. You get there, and you just, it, it's... it's uh,
0: Like, do you have to sit there and write the damn no, thing? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> do you no. say... Here's what needs to happen. That's what you do. Let's draft up a proposal. See if yeah, it's got so, so I, I, can
1: take, I can take any idea I have, right? I can see something and say, well, I think we should change that. Mm-hmm. And there's a place called the Office of Legislative Council. And so you go to them, and it's just a bunch of lawyers. And you say, hey, here's what I want to do and then they go figure out, well, you would change this section of code or that say, section of you know, code. And this long, yeah, and then you would do this yeah. and that, and then they write the technical kind of strike that's this, replace that. That's and, a fun job. and it, yeah Oh, my gosh. Oh, I couldn't imagine. Like, I was like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> Those people love this. And then sometimes they, they would do, I, I never had this, because technically, like, any idea you take them, they have to write it. Really, but they have this cover letter that says like, "Hey, by the way, this is horribly unconstitutional." <laughs> like, 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 they won't tell you it's a good idea or a bad idea. But they're like, "By the way, this violates like seven things in the Constitution." No you kidding. know, you get a cover letter, um, and then then you start working. Friend? No, well, they, put, they, they put it on the cover. It's a cover letter. A hey, here's your bill. Say, hey, <laughs> you know, Nathan, this
0: is a stupid This is idea. a bad idea. Go back and That's think a bad of idea. something else.
1: Um, so then you you introduce it, and then and then you start the committee process. Okay. And it, it's really hard. Getting, getting things through is really hard. Because well, everyone's
0: got their pet projects and all these other yeah, things. Yeah,
1: but it's also that designed way. that way. I mean, I, I lived in Bolivia, and they had 600% inflation. And, mm-hmm. and uh, stability and status quo isn't so bad when you've been in a place that has 600% mm-hmm. inflation. And so the system mm-hmm. is designed to make it really hard. And so you really have to think strategically. I had a a whiteboard, literally the whole wall in my office. And so when we'd have our big controversial things, we would map out, you know, everything. We'd start at the end, what's the bill we want signed? And then we would work backwards every step. And and like who you need to... Who you need, how you get them, who's going to oppose it. How do you take that opposition? How how, how, how does that opposition help you? You know, if you're a group and you really hate it, well, who hates you? Because now, you know, a friend of my friend is my enemy. Mm -hmm. How can I potentially get you to support it or get you to neutral? Mm -hmm. And if you really think strategically about, then what are the things that I add to the bill that play a role through the process? I know I'm going to give this up here. I know I'm going to, okay, well, okay, fine. You can have this. Is that how, like, bridges
0: Uh, to nowhere get into
1: bills? (laughs) Well no, no, well, no, some of it is, yeah. Some, some of it is, is, is the reality and the trade-off. And, and the, the internal machinations of how it gets done, you know, I was never, I was never someone who was obsessed with the process. Mm-hmm. You know, we've become a process-obsessed nation and not a results. Yeah. Right? I cared about the result. Mm-hmm. And is there some horse trade? Yeah, there is. There is. I mean, go watch the movie Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he ended slavery, trade, yeah. but he had some tactics that you're like, I don't, I don't know. And I wouldn't have done some of the things he did. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it's not. I mean, you don't break the law. You don't do anything. You know, illegal. I mean, you, you know, you're certainly above board. Um, but there there's some brawling that happens, right. and there's that's some right. behind the scenes fighting that happens. And sometimes it's building support, and sometimes, hey, I, I try to try to get you to buy into why this mm-hmm. is good, and then sometimes I just bulldoze right over you. Right. And and knowing when to pick your moments mm-hmm. and how to pick them is kind of the art of, of the craftsman in terms yeah. of how you get something through. So, I mean that's what's missing today. How long is
0: the term, by the
1: way? Uh, two years which is miserable.
0: That's short. So um, you're, you're simultaneously running for
1: re-election. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're simultaneously running for re-election and folks say, well, that's bad. Well, that's bad, except you have a, you're, you're responsive. Mm-hmm. You know, if the public doesn't like what you're doing, they can replace you after two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did one term, got re-elected to a second term and... Was enjoying it, but then uh, ran for mayor. Uh, that was the job I, I really wanted. Uh, was so the you mayor of Why you were uh, So instead of running for re-election for a third term, I see saying, uh, instead re-election. of running for the assembly, I, I ran ran for mayor. Okay. And, and lost. Uh, it was close. It was close, but as yeah. you know, it's close I mean, close doesn't matter. Uh,
0: El- Allison pimped me on this, so uh, it's not like I remember this. But yeah. she said that there was some controversy around that because you changed parties changed parties in yeah. the middle of the race. Why yeah. did you do that? What was that about?
1: well? I started. I started as as this now dead breed of, of kind of progressive or liberal Republican, mm. you know, fiscally responsible, mm-hmm. focused on public safety and, mm-hmm. and crime, environmentally conscious. I mean, I mm-hmm. surf, I snorkel, yeah. I scuba dive, you know, really, you know, caring about things like the environment. Uh, I was much more progressive on social issues, mm-hmm. uh, equal rights for for LGBT community and those types mm-hmm. of things. And I got elected pre Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Um, And so then you saw you saw change the Republican Party. Yeah, the but I changed too. I I changed too. I mean, I I think it's both. You know, when I when I changed parties, everyone said, well, no, 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 just say the party changed. You you didn't change the party changed. Mm -hmm. And that's what Ronald Reagan said when he changed. Mm -hmm. And that's what Howard Dean said when he changed. And Joe Biden. I mean, you know, this is not an uncommon thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, people change. But I said, but that would be dishonest. That's half the story. And so when I changed, I said, look, the Republican Party changed. Mm -hmm. I've had these views. I've always had these views. They've never changed. But they're now untenable as a Republican. Mm -hmm. But the other half of it was on some other issues I changed. Mm -hmm. And I governed in a period of, of tremendous budgetary strife. And I really had to sit and think about taxation and services. I had kids. Mm -hmm. my kids go to san diego public schools if putting your children in public schools doesn't change how you think about (laughs) public schools i think there's something wrong with you yeah Yeah. so my my boy my boy you know third grade it's the only year he has to do third grade Mm -hmm. he doesn't get to say hey daddy i'll tell you what you go ahead and slash funding for schools and i'll just chill until funding comes back and then i'll do no that's his only year Mm -hmm. and if he falls behind he never catches up you know, and so it changes. You go to war, it changes how you think about things. Absolutely. You have friends who deal with mental health, it changes how you think about our treatment for mental health and homelessness and addiction. And when you look at the vast gap in wealth in our country, you know, I came out of a working-class family. My dad, it was my stepdad, the only positive father figure I knew, was a factory worker. Mm-hmm. He graduated high school on a Sunday. He showed up Monday morning. He got his union card and his mm-hmm. lunch pail, and he went to work. And we, we were working class, but I was never hungry. Mm-hmm. We had healthcare, I knew that I would go on. And when you, when you look at the erosion of that... That dream has been slipping away. So, and, and if we lose that, if we lose that... You know, I, I was in Atlanta recently. Um, I was hanging out with the Kill Cliff guys who, mm-hmm. are, who are sponsors okay. of ours. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful guys. And my taxi driver, we were talking because they're always from Africa, somewhere mm-hmm. I've been. And this, this is what's most devastating. He said, you know, it's not what I thought it would be here. Mm. Oh, no kidding. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I knew I would work hard. And he said, I knew I wouldn't get rich. And he said, but I thought if I worked harder and harder, I would get a little bit further ahead for my kids. And he said, I've been here for 10 years. He said, I work seven days a week. I work 14, 16 hours a day. And he said, I make less money today than I made... Five years ago. That's not right. And that's the point. I mean, the point when, when hard work doesn't equal success, right. and, and you know, we shouldn't, we don't take from one to just give to the other. You gotta work hard. But, so anyway, my, my point is like when you look at all of those things, on some other issues I changed, and so I, I became a Democrat mm-hmm. and uh, a and, 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 and member of the Democratic Party and, and very proud, you know, mm-hmm. um, member of the Democratic Party. So I have a lot of friends who are Republicans, mm-hmm. you know, they're good folks. Mm-hmm. We just, some of these things we view differently. Sure. So but uh, were, yeah, politics is rough though. It's it's, it's be uh, rough, yeah, it's different. So it's different. So the,
0: the, when when was the major? So,
1: uh, so there were two races within a year. So it was 2012 and 2013, and uh, okay. in each instance, I kind of got got squeezed in the middle, and okay. I couldn't get out of a primary. So huh. yeah, yeah, it was just kind of kind of the nature of what did year. you learn from that experience? Well, I think uh, I learned how much it sucks to lose. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I also learned, I think the value in going for it. I ran into someone who'd always wanted to run for mayor, and, uh, but never could quite get there. At a, mm-hmm. It was at an event and, and they were, uh, they were talking a little shit, you know, it was a little and This guy must, must sucks to have lost. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, probably not as much as it sucks not to have the balls to run, <laughs> right. you know, because that's, that's yeah. and and what I learned is that failure is okay. Failure is a part of life, Yeah, you know? And, and, you know, I, I don't embrace failure. It's not like I say, hey, check it out, I lost. But I do embrace the fact that I went for it. You know, And and people say that you know you learn more from your failures than your successes. Sometimes I think that's what those of us who failed tell us to make ourselves mm-hmm. feel better. Uh, but you definitely think more about it. And I think sure. as I look back on, on my time in politics, the lessons that I always learn is, when you really believe something, and, and it, it, it's core, you can't delay it, you can't deny it. I mean, the reality was I knew I didn't belong in the Republican Party for a year
0: and a half yeah. before I left. Well, yeah. But it was well, hard, that, but it's hard. to force the change. But it's I mean, hard. That might have been the, the reason that you ran, and, and yeah. to learn these lessons. And to learn these lessons. Yeah, so, I, have a, I have a very different view about failure as well. I, don't, I think it's, a, it's an over-washed-up term, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you said, we do things because we need to, right. and to learn, and it turns out the way it turns out. Yeah. Sometimes you're sitting in office or you're getting on the plane, sometimes yeah. you're you're going to Whole Foods the next day and you're yeah. still the same fucking person. Same person. You're still yeah. the same person. And yeah. then you go for the next challenge. Yeah. And guess what? That one might turn out different. You might be standing right. on exactly top of the alley, right. you
1: know what I mean? And and sometimes it's it's you know, like there were mistakes that I made and there were definitely things uh, you know, that that, that I would take take with me as I could go forward. But I think one of the core things for me is as a Marine, being a Marine was what I did, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't who I was in the sense of when I left, I, my life continued. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in elected office, it was what I did, mm-hmm. right? Sure. It wasn't, you know. And so that who you are, you know, when you know that, you know, I am a fighter. Yeah. I am a you warrior. You with that. I'm going to go out. And right. so whatever whatever it is I'm doing in life, I'm going to go all in. I'm not interested in better sameness. I want to do things that matter you know, with my foundation, and so I think I think when you have that, you can absorb. So how the ups would you articulate your purpose? I would say my purpose is every day to get up and, and live a life of purpose and progress, um, and one designed, I think, to fulfill my contribution to make the world a better place, to do good, and and I find today's world, you know, when I was in the in the marines that was that was killing bad guys killing and capturing bad guys making the world a better place when i was in the legislature i was authoring legislation to protect your kids from sexual predators or help you get a job and now now i think it's out it's out fighting for vets nice um and 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 trying to do that and that's what motivates me i'm not motivated by money you know i wish i think those around me probably wish i was more motivated by that (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah and uh and you know i i uh You know, I have the same Ford F one hundred and fifty, and it's got one hundred seventy thousand miles. But you know, my mountain bike fits in the back, and I I don't want anything else. And uh, and so I think I think you know you you figure that out as as, as you go through life. That's
0: good, though. I mean, travel. That's the warrior's way. Yeah, travel light and be non attached. That's exactly right. One day, one lifetime. Boom, and you go. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: something comes up, and you go. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, so is there anything big on the horizon for you? Any any offices no. in the future? Gonna I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I would say
1: never for now. Right. You yeah. know, never, never for now is, 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 uh, is kind of You know, you got to really want it. You know, when I was running for mayor, I, I woke up at 5 a.m. hearing, you know, welcome to the jungle playing in my head, and, and I, I was <laughs> off, man. I, you know, I, I wanted that. Right. And, uh, and, and I, I don't feel that way about that office today. Mm-hmm. You know, could I about some off at some point? Yeah, probably. Because, you know, if, if, if change is what you want to drive, that's the position you got to be in. And, and you realize when you get in there that if you'll embrace... I got asked to train the freshman legislators. And uh, I went up, because, you know, I, we had gotten a lot of things through. And I told them a couple of things. I said, first off, I said, the attention you get is not for you. It's for the position you hold. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, and you can really easily confuse that. And I was wearing a tie that day. And I said, this tie I had, I had before I was a legislator, and it was never beautiful. And I said, and then when I was up here for four years, man, that's a beautiful time, Mr. Fletcher, right? And I said, and now it's not beautiful anymore because I don't matter. And I said, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, that, that's how our system is designed. And I said, so what you need to do is realize that you have this position of authority and potential for a limited period of time. So do something right? and do something that when you're gone and everything else is away and the Press doesn't care who you are, and you're not in parade, you're not doing any of that nonsense. You can look back and say you did good. And then the other thing I told him was I said, power, influence, prestige, it's not a continuum, it's a pie.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? And I said, so if you want to do something good for one group of folks, that money is going to come from somewhere, or those Mm -hmm. rules are going to come. And so my point was, if you have a piece of legislation that has no opposition, it doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do anything. I said, but don't be afraid of opposition. Mm -hmm. You know, I took on the tobacco industry. And they beat me three times, mm-hmm. and every time I came back, and I said I get a little closer, a little closer, a little closer, and then we got it, and it was a big substantive change. And so, you know, if you're interested in doing those, you know, those those, those happen there. In the interim, you know, I see if that's what I'm going to do. I'm a professor at UCSD, so I have a professor position there. What do you teach there? Political science. Okay, political science. And uh, so I did that, and then uh, I do some work for uh, Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. I was doing some cyber cyber work and. Probably looking to take on a couple consulting roles. And then we're about to dive into an issue. The Three Wise Men Veterans Foundation, which is bipartisan, 501c3, no politics there, Mm -hmm. is going to continue its work on, on suicide prevention. I'm probably going to dive into an issue with deported veterans. Hmm. Um, We have a whole thing. I was always under the assumption that if you join the military, you got citizenship. I thought so too. No, apparently, it's not true. true. Just a Um, green card? You could get it if your command processes it, if they tell you right, if they do all those things. Hmm. But a lot of times they don't. And so what we have is we have hundreds of veterans who were honorably discharged, served, many of them in the recent conflicts. Then they go out, they get a DUI. One guy was in a car with someone, that person had a gun, whatever. They get deported. No kidding. And so there's an actual house in Tijuana. You should come down with this one day. There's a house in Tijuana where <laughs> they all live. Really? The deported veterans assistant home. And they, their families are usually here because their kids are citizens and, and maybe their wife maybe or their Mexican, husbands. Mostly
0: Mexican guys? A lot of them
1: are. Some of them are Jamaican. You know, I mean, they're you know from all over. But you know, given the, the breakdown of America, there's, there's yeah. more than, than that. And so we are, uh, I just flew back. I was in D.C. yesterday. And uh, we had a couple meetings at the White House, and we we're trying to get a couple executive orders. One we want is just stop deporting veterans. Yeah, right. Just stop because we have a bunch of in proceedings. Just stop. And look, if, if you're a veteran and you did something wrong, you pay, you pay, pay the crime. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: Right, but, but we shouldn't deport you. Right. Right. If you're willing to give your life for this country, this country should be willing to give you citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing we want is we want to make sure DOD has a firm policy in place to process the paperwork for all recruits who are undocumented or don't have permanent status. Because mm-hmm. right now it's kind of sometimes they do sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing, and this will be the hardest, we want to bring back Mm-hmm. The ones who've been deported, because a lot of the things they were deported for, four, five, six, seven years, as as we've made adjustments in the in the criminal system, sure, particularly yeah. around drug offenses. Yeah, they're minor offenses. Well, now today they're minor offenses, right. but five or six years ago it might have been a felony. Mm-hmm. And so if we could get them, get them. So I'm going to dive into that, and we're going to cool. look for a congressional action. Yeah, okay. that's that's kind of a righteous righteous fight. That is righteous. And then just keep, uh, you know, keep going every day. Got keep two little boys, and, and, and wake up and put your.
0: Yeah, put your shield on, and ready to go. You know, sword. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every
1: every every day, every day. And now I have to come out here and get a, get a,
0: get a little work. Yeah, come and on, on up. We got some time, or uh, if you want to jump into a Seal Fit program, twenty X or Kokoro right. Camp. Be right up your alley. That'd be kind of cool. Fifty get hours, away. Of nonstop clear. training. Clear, 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 uh, my, yeah, head, clear, clear my head. Clear
1: my head. That would be good. Yeah. Um. Then hopefully get back out in the mountains. Uh, I did Aconcagua. I did Denali. Nice. Did most of the California 14ers. I got a few left. I got to do, and that's oh, kind of my get away, turn the phone off and uh, right. recharge a little bit.
0: Awesome. Do you have a
1: website? Uh, yeah. So the, the foundation is three, the number three, wm.org. Um, three, w- three m- the number three, w- three, or you three just Google men. three wise men veterans okay. foundation. It pops People up. That. We have our, our big event. Uh, I know, I know a lot of folks listening. So on November 11th, mm-hmm. uh, veterans day, uh, we asked affiliates last year. We had about a thousand affiliates sign mm-hmm. up to host the three wise men veterans mm-hmm. day tribute. A little three-part workout, you know, Mm -hmm. four minutes, two minutes, four minutes, and and Jeremy, Ben, and Bo. Affiliates uh, sign up for free. It's free. Mm -hmm. Um, All we ask you to do is make that the workout of the day. We send you a little thing to read. um, And then we encourage you to try and get your members to sign up. Mm -hmm. You pay 25 bucks. we send you a T-shirt, and it helps fund the operations. Um, We do a contest for the Three Wise Men Cup because the affiliate that signs up the most people. So last year, CrossFit uh, Central Houston won it. No kidding. Yeah, you know, they crushed it. It was them and Salmon Creek were just having this epic battle back and forth, and they won it. would so love to have to you come that. You should come do the
0: workout. Yeah, d- definitely.
1: Come do the workout. Yeah. Well, it's a that little hang be. squat snatch, some burpees over the bar, some pull-ups. That my favorite stuff. Some dead hang cleans. <laughs> wall balls, some box jump overs. <laughs> What's the
0: RX on this match?
1: So 135. Okay. So Jeremy is five hang squat snatch, ten burpees over the bar. Okay. For four minutes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Two minutes off. And then Ben is ten power cleans. Same weight, twenty pull-ups. Nice. Four minutes, two minutes off, and then Bo is fifteen box jump overs, uh, thirty wall balls, twenty pound wall ball. <laughs> That's a doozy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I find, I, and I'm not. I'm not. I, you know, I get through the first. have a masters division. I, I recover. Yeah, no, we let people scale. We we we, we you, you can scale. You can scale.
0: Uh, I'm just worried about this, that that hundred thirty pound five pound snatch. So no, it's a beast. Uh, the hang snatch. No,
1: no, no. It's tough. <laughs> And uh, you know, I, and for the elites, it's one eighty-five. And we, we had one of them last year. He weighs one hundred and sixty pounds, and I'm like, "Here, like, that's insane!" You know, it's that just insane. insane. But I always do. I always do Jeremy, and then and then I kind of fully recover, and then I do Ben. And I think it's the sets of twenty pull-ups. Yeah. Like I just, oh, in those rough. two minutes afterwards, I don't, you know, I start bow and I'm, I'm still hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the box jump overs are fine. And then it's those 30 wall I'm balls and you're just like, over. oh, this is awful. This is awful. <laughs> um, and then it's, and then it's even worse on the midway because you have like a thousand people watching you. Right. Right. You know, it's <laughs> so like they're watching me. So you I'm like, can't
0: oh,
1: stop. oh, it's horrible. Uh, but it's fun. And it's a, it's a tribute workout. We, we don't score it. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a judge, make sure you do it right, but we don't, we're not, it's not, it's not a competition. It's a tribute. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's appropriate on Veterans Day. And, and all the funds we raise go to, to fund the ongoing operations of the foundation. Terrific. Um, which I don't take a dime. I've never mm-hmm. taken a dime, uh, and I never will. Right. Um, it's my, my volunteer capacity. There's folks who work there, but uh, I don't. Okay.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for yeah. everything. Thanks for coming here. Pleasure it's having me on. Cool online. to meet you. Yeah. Um, we'll have to stay in touch and for sure. connect and you know, support what you do.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a real honor to be here. It's yeah, great, it's great to
0: be here. All right, folks, you heard it. Nathan Fletcher, go check out 3wm.org.org, Three Wise Men. If you're in San Diego, let's go down to the, um, gosh, what's the name? Midway. The Midway. USS Midway. I've never been on the Midway.
1: Oh, you got to come.
0: Well, you can't get on the Midway for 25
1: bucks. It costs more than that to go. So buying a ticket to our event is 25 $25, bucks. And you get to go on the Midway. Boom. There you go. It's easy. And it's tax deductible.
0: Let's do that. All right, guys. So you know the deal. Stay focused, train hard. Do the work. Show up and put out with a smile. The only easy day was yesterday. That's right. I love it. Hoo-yah. Coach Devine out. See you next time. Hoo-yah. Yeah, yeah. low, boys. Time to explode,
1: boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back. The pride of the fleets. The bright swinging frogmen of the UDT. hoo <laughs>
0: When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stenge Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit familylawrepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's familylawrepresentation.com. Stenge Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangey Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangey. 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.
1: Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching.